to encourage you, to equip you, and to empower you to fulfill God's divine destiny for your life. everybody. Thank you for joining us today. I'm so glad you decided to be a part of the podcast. I am really excited about not just one guest speaker, but we have three guests with us today. And I have known each one of them in some way, shape, or form for a while now. But I have asked them to come and be a part of this podcast because today we are going to talk about the different generations that exist, and specifically the millennial generation. So I have asked three very cool millennials, I will call you collectively, to be a part. And they are going to share with us today some of their feelings about maybe some of the bad rap that millennials get. And then we're going to talk about some things about the millennial generation and how they really feel the best way to reach them. It's going to be great. So let me start out by introducing them. First, we have to my right, Kara. Kara, how old are you now? I am 22. 22 years old. Definitely a millennial. (laughs) Kara, I'm so glad you're with us. And then we have Miss Shana here. Shana, how old are you? 26. 26, but still a millennial, so rock on. Okay, and then we have Darwin. Darwin, thanks for being here. Thank you. I am 24. 24. So this is perfect. We have a good group here. And I, of course, am 21, so I am younger than all of you. That works out really well. (laughs) So first of all, usually when I interview people, I like to start out with something kind of fun and just find out some fun stuff that they're into and, you know, what works for you. And so I wanted to ask you guys, because you are like a little bit younger, typically, than most of our guests. So what is one of your favorite apps that you're on the most right now? On your phones can be anything. What's what's an app, Kara? I'm gonna go with you. Okay, I would say right now this is no new app for Apple, but Apple Music is my jam right now. And being able to search out the newest music for $7.99 a month, people available on all your iPhones and iPads. <laughs> really? So it's worth it, $7.99. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you can just get to all the latest New releases. albums immediately. Yeah. Okay. That's a good plug. It's good to know that's worth the $7.99. Shana, how about you? What's a go-to app you're on a lot? I'm probably on the podcast app almost every single day. Really? Yes. It's every morning I wake up and I'll just put play, on a podcast. play something. Huh. And, and so I'm probably on that one the most. That and Instagram. I love yeah. following pictures. Not so much Twitter. It's too many words. I like the pictures on Instagram. Yeah. And we should say, too, Shana is, like, a ridiculously talented artist, very creative, I mean, can pretty much pump out anything. And uh, so that makes sense, Instagram, that you would be drawn. I like the photography and all of that. Yes, I really like that. Okay, Darwin, what is one of your favorite apps right now? Well, when I'm busy, my favorite app to go to is Spotify. Um, Kind of betrayed for the longest time. Pandora was my go-to. You betrayed it. But I betrayed it, and I had to go. I had to go to Spotify. It just they got a wide variety of music and genres, and that's true. Sometimes I'll pop in some oldies, jazz music, and yeah. you know, switch it to my worship or whatever it is, cruising. Nice. So, and then sometimes when I get distracted, I'll go to my eight-ball pool little game. <laughs> it's pretty fun. So. 
I like it. So you're like a pool shark, but only through the app. Through the iPhone. Yes. yes. Okay. I'm like level 26. So. Right. Level 26. I'm sure not, that's Not good. a big deal, but. Yeah, but you're like, I'm kind of a big deal. Kind of. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> that is really great. Okay. So good to know. And then one other question I was going to ask you guys, because you're all creative in some way, shape, or form. Music is such an influencer especially as believers, you know, there's always, I think, seasons where certain songs just really speak to you. What are some A song or some songs that's like, that song just gets me? Well, this is fresh. So just this morning, I stumbled across this album. You spell it L-A-B-Y-R-I-N-T-H. I think it's Labyrinth. But it's basically him just singing scripture. It has a very 21st century sound to it, very produced. And hmm. it is a noy note. Really? So, yeah. And if you're a creative and you like working to music, it is phenomenal. I was working to it this morning while designing some stuff. Okay. So what's that artist's name again? Uh, it's David Belosh. And okay. the album name is Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Wow, way to pull one out of obscurity there, Kara. You're nice. welcome. All right, so Shana, what's one for you? And you can't say, like, Amazing Grace. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> right. I'm going to go really, really deep like Kara did here. Uh-huh. I'm just going to pull out Hillsong. Right. And I'm going to say what a beautiful name it is. Oh, is, yeah. You were just singing. I know. It's so good. I it is good. I, every day, I don't know why, it's just been speaking to me lately. Every time I play it, I'm yeah. like, that's right. Amen. That he name does have Jesus. a beautiful name. Yes. That's <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> There you go. Calm before I walk into my yeah. workplace. No, now. there really is. There's such yeah. a piece on that. Mm-hmm. That's a really good. How about you, Mr. Uh, keyboard player over there? <laughs> well, I have a variety, but right now, Alan, that's speaking to me is uh, the new Elevation Worship. Album. Oh, yeah. There's a cloud. and and there's a such, such a good song. Yeah. There's a great revelation, you mm-hmm. know, of, of God and all around is a really good, a good song. It yeah. Ministers to you. Yeah. The words are powerful. Mm-hmm. The melody line is mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. yeah, I agree. That song's got something on it. There is a cloud. So you guys check those out. Well, I want to have this conversation with you all. And we talked about doing this um, because there's a whole lot that's being put out there about the millennial generation. And I think one of the reasons that a lot is being said about it is because the the largest sort of portion of millennials are really coming of age in the sense that not that they're just, you know, hitting 18 and graduating out of high school, but the biggest chunk of millennials are graduating college, entering the workforce, and entering places of influence and leadership. And so all eyes are really on this generation because it's quickly influencing, you know, corporate America. It's influencing how we live, how we work, how we shop, and then definitely, you know, how we interact with God, how we think about God, and then how do we learn? you know, about God. So a lot of eyes are on it. I know recently a lot of new polls were just done by the Barna Group and different ones that polled millennials, even specifically about how they view God. And what came out of that was that the millennial generation is in a lot of ways, I hate to say in large part, but in a lot of ways, the millennials are missing from our churches. And so that's a huge red flag, you know, for us as believers that rather than just beat them up, I think we need to step back and go, we need to try and understand this generation, you know, and and just see what's there. So let's draw back to the big picture. I want to ask you guys about how your generation is defined. So I'll give you three positives and three negatives that are said about the millennials, 
you guys tell me if you think that's accurate. So first of all, we'll get the negatives out of the way. <laughs> so the negative thing, and I'm sure these people didn't pull any of you. No. Right. So the millennials are negatively described as being the me-centered, self-focused, self-absorbed generation. Okay. They're also said to be calloused about matters like religion, when you try to talk to them about things of God. Uh, they're very calloused in that way. And then that they're very distrusting, that you can say, well, this is, this is the rule, or this is how it's always done, and it's like, so what? So those are the negatives that are said. Now, the positives that are said about the same group of people you know, that we just defined is that they are very mission-oriented. Their makeup is that they don't want to just make a lot of money and make a great life, that in the midst of those desires, they want to live for a purpose that's greater than themselves. And then lastly, that they believe intrinsically that they can change the known world that we live in. They believe, I really can make a difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good to bad, that's what's out there. Let's talk about that. First, let's look at the negatives and get that out of the way. What do you guys think about that? Do you think that's true? Kara, I'll throw to you first. Yeah, I would say across the board, when I hear statistics like that come at me, my first thought is, yes, I think there's some of those that I hit, and I'm like, well, I could identify myself in that. I don't think any millennial hears those statistics and thinks, fake news, that's not us. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're usually like, okay, maybe that's kind of true, but that's not the whole truth. And so I would say across the board, yeah, those things are true, but I think we're really defined by what's on the surface of us, and I'm not sure anybody's mm. really seen what's in the depths of us just yet yeah okay so you think that's kind of fair Shana what do you think definitely one thing that I think this generation holds is this attitude of the say I won't mm. and it's this boldness to go above and beyond what people say if they look at you and they say you won't do that we kind of buck up against that of right say I won't yeah to go further to develop that change and that drive and unfortunately, mm. when those giftings and that strength is pulled outside of God and the Word of God, it absolutely will counteract that yeah. and hit those those depths of you're not going to be reliable and you're going to yeah. be very self-centered because you don't know who you are. Wow. And there's a lot of truth to that, unfortunately, in that negative aspect. Of course, if you look in those positives, if once that's purified, that's a very strong gift of our generation really to take is. that change and to change that destiny of what we're supposed to do in this generation. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of one of those things where what should be and could be your generation's greatest strength yeah. can be the weapon yeah. that's Absolutely. used against exactly. you. Yeah. yeah. If it's not, that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. Darwin, what about you? Especially, you know, as a guy, you hear those things being said about your generation. Do you see that among your peer? Do you think that's legit? How do you feel about it? Oh, yeah. The way I see it, I don't think we can discard technology. Yeah. Just thinking back even to my childhood, we're the group that experienced a drastic change in technology and its influence. True our decision-making, mm -hmm. and our trust levels. Mm. Technology has given us alternate options, let's say, yeah. you know, for many different things that, let's say, older generations didn't have. Therefore, they're stuck on the way it has been. Right. So, therefore, with now technology advancing, I feel like the millennials have had this 
kind of sense of an ego, like, okay, we get to do it a little bit better than you oh. because of because of technology. And because you know you get it. Yes, because yeah. we get it, yeah. you know. I think that has a lot to play in that bucking up mm-hmm. and that a little bit self-centered yeah. kind of attitude. Yeah. And it kind of takes you away, you know, more reserved. Right. And on the other hand, the positive is it, I guess that attitude does make you more goal-oriented because you do have resources. Yeah. Although mm-hmm. technology, you know, it has negatives and all that, but it does give you resources. There's resources mm-hmm. left and right now to help you achieve whatever you need. Yeah. So That's a really good point. Yeah. So there is this pocket where it's like millennials kind of stand back and go, well, even though you're technically the boss, mm-hmm. I kind of have an edge on you yeah. because... Yeah. You know, that is the reality. You know, many times it's true. But then that in and of itself can work against you because now you are sort of not trusting or listening or leaning into any kind of leadership. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Exactly. And so there is this canyon that's set between millennials and whatever leadership that is present in their life. But then, like you said, the kicker is... What a resource yeah. because you are, you have grown up in an age of technology. Yeah. So you are more familiar with it. You're way more adaptable. Mm-hmm. And so, what a great resource millennials can be if they're not like, well, we're just going to sit over here and quietly solve all the world's problems. We tell the world away. Yeah. Well, and if you think about it, I mean, you guys are kind of like the WikiLeaks generation. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, like, yeah. forget it. We'll just create our own channel for telling the truth. Yeah. When you look at this and sort of all of those factors that are moving in your generation, and we pull this into talking about, so then how... Are we going to get to millennials or a group of people that are wired this way and think this way? And then we take somebody that wasn't raised in church, you know, and we're and we need to reach them and say, there is a God and you need him, and this is who he is and what he has for you. We look at the current way we do that, let's just say in America, you know, the church does that. And then how millennials can be reached, what are some of the disconnects that you see? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. I would say, for one, I think our generation, and you see it in what Darwin was saying about technology, and because we've been raised on that and in the development of that, our generation has a profound value for authenticity and results and a demonstration of what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And so I think... The Mm. authentic demonstration of the Word of God and not the smoke and airs, but the truth of that and the power of that being on display for us is really the hook that gets us. And I know sometimes Mm. people think that our generation is the one that wants the smoke and lights, and really we just want the truth and the truth and its power being revealed, not the other way around. And we can deal with something that isn't necessarily glamorous if it is real. Wow. Yeah. So you're kind of initially, do you think maybe millennials make the approach like, let's sniff out the fake. But if we can't sniff out the fake, then maybe there's something to this. Do you think that's their their initial approach? It's definitely part of it, especially with how much influence there is on social media, Twitter, Instagram, yeah. Facebook. 
you see these things popping up and then you see people encountering you and telling you this is how this is the definition of how you're supposed to live and this is what you're supposed to do mm. and then that's kind of a front to a again yeah. this suggestion of this is what I'm telling you to do and unfortunately <laughs> yeah. there's a bit of a rebellion there where it's like but do you do that yeah yes. and so there's this mm. bucking up against it but when you have the person who is absolutely operating in these things and is authentic like Kara said yeah walking this stuff out you know they're preaching prosperity and they're walking that out and they're right. preaching healing and they're walking that out yeah from a church's perspective you look up at that and you go I want some of that yeah. Because yeah. that's real and that's authentic. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. And I think from also speaking to some of my peers, either at work and yeah. in, in class and all, I believe example is a huge part. The church has done a great job of, okay, this is the word of God, putting out do's and don'ts. Right. Okay? Yeah. And like Shana was saying, the millennials want more of an example. I want to see you do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because if it's not working for you or right. you're not real about it, right? okay, then why should I try it? Mm-hmm. You know, they have that kind of mentality. Yeah. So I, I think example, testimonies, is a huge part of reaching this generation. Yeah. So. When you think about how Jesus did it when he was on the yeah. earth, mm-hmm. I mean, he was not like... Join me in Capernaum. I'm having a miracle <laughs> crusade. Yeah. You know? Yes. Like, he grabbed up a bunch of guys and was like, hey, come on, let's go. And and it was in the moment, and, and he was telling stories. And then he was, like, healing mm-hmm. the blind. Yeah. And then everybody's hungry. What are we going to do about it? Next thing you know, you're all eating. I mean, what you're describing, your generation saying, this is what I need yeah. to believe Mm-hmm. What you're telling me, the Bible says, that was the ministry of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That that is exactly how I do it. And I think it's interesting that your generation, at this time, they're coming of age. I think in the body of Christ, you know, we can sort of in different seasons and times highlight different parts. I feel like there is a real emphasis on. Just Jesus and yeah. the person yeah, of him. Yes. Yeah. Well, and most of all, his love walk. Yeah. Right. I think we can't just throw out statistics and all this stuff without touching base on the love. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, look at the different ways people even interact nowadays. I mean, right. it's either either they've never seen the person and face to face, gone right. out with them, had a cup of coffee. Right. Or I need I just I need to be with someone. It's a sense of desperation. Yeah. And yeah. I think love has to do a lot with it. That's yeah. true. You know, love from from either just leaders and people who have gone before us, we need to feel that kind of, that love. That's just good. Right. feel that we have a place mm-hmm. and that we have a purpose to mm-hmm. achieve. Because mm-hmm. There is a great, like you said, there is a great mm-hmm. emphasis in, mm-hmm. in the millennials. Yeah, right. there is. So. Yeah, I think another thing to even consider too, and I just thought of this as you were talking, Darwin, is that our generation has really been the one that saw the greatest, I would say, moral decay in mm-hmm. the last few years wow. so yeah. rapidly. I mean, you even think Trump, about so what true. has been overturned Supreme Court-wise in our nation over the last few years, yeah. and we've watched it all happen. And we are the ones growing up in school when this was suddenly becoming a reality that our parents had never dealt with and couldn't really even tell us how to deal with it. True. Exactly. And so in that, we are watching 
you know, as you would say, the critical state of our world, the critical mm-hmm. state of our lives, mm-hmm. be in this position, and yet at the same time looking at what's the solution. And I think knowing and experiencing in that way makes you go, we've got to have something that's real that's going to work. Yeah. Because clearly a counterfeit is not going to work with this. Yeah. That's a really good point. It is definitely a day where, I mean, like you're saying, it's different from your parents. I would say it's even different than your older siblings. Yeah. Absolutely. So much yeah. change hit. And, you know, when I grew up, I'm right on the edge of the generation in front of you and millennials. And when I grew up, there were still a common code of absolute truths. Mm -hmm. By the time you got, I mean, can you think of a common code of absolute truths? (laughs) I mean, it's like anything you bring up, we could go, well, actually, there's some people that would be offended by that. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, it's, it really has, it shifted so much. And so you can see where it leaves a vacuum Mm -hmm. of like, okay, then, then what is, Mm -hmm. what, is there anything absolute, you know, what is, and what, what do I grab onto when I need an absolute, you know, what, what am I going to be able to grab onto that? I'm not going to find out, oh, this was a fake. Yeah. 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 And that's one of the biggest struggles right now. I think that in our generation, what we're walking out is this major identity crisis. Yes. Mm. And there's this push for change. And again, we're, we're changers, we're movers. This is what yeah. is in our hearts to do. And there's an, it's evident in every direction, whether it be worldly or in the church. Yeah. There's this strong desire to change things. And unfortunately, again, being outside of the Word of God, then you start pushing boundaries that should never have been broken. Whoa. All of a sudden, that's good. now you get to choose what sex you are. Seriously. Right. Yeah. You get to choose the life of an unborn child. Yeah. And there are people fighting for these rights that's as good. if it's something yeah. that yeah. was given for us to decide in the first place. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's been taken so far off to the extreme that yeah. there is no, people don't see this gauge of truth. Right. They're basing their truth off of untruth. And it's mm-hmm. a consistent cycle of this identity of who am I? Mm-hmm. Who likes me? Who's right. around me? Who can I influence how many people liked my Facebook post, yeah. how many people shared my post, right. who am I influencing yeah. because there's this desire to influence, but unfortunately it's being influenced mm. in the opposite direction. It's really true. And, you know, I think that is specific to millennials because I can't say that my generation, you know, unless you were, you felt, you feel called of God or you just had this burning desire to invent something or whatever. I think my generation, mostly, we didn't really grow up thinking about influencing anything. It was more really like, how am I going to make a living? You know, what's my family going to be like? It, It was more about creating and securing my world. You know, where even though you guys get the rap of being the me-centered, at the same time, it's like, it is about me, but it's also about who I'm going to influence. Yeah, right. And like, you know, back to your original point, that is the strength of the millennials, mm-hmm. that if if the church, if the word of God can tell them who they are, mm-hmm. yes. that doesn't have to be yeah. used against them. Right. And they really will change the Run world. Yeah. yeah. It's a daunting task, but at the same time, it's a pretty amazing task to be part of the millennial generation, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we can see even spheres of different atmospheres, business, Mm -hmm. let's say the music industry, you know, 
we have a desire to be someone to influence Mm -hmm. in that sphere Mm. like okay you know just to take business you know if we're called into business if i can look to an absolute truth to yeah. tell me who i can be i know i can then change yeah either my business yeah or i can influence my leaders i can influence the board that i'm on i can yeah. influence yeah. profit yeah uh, net growth or anything mm-hmm. you know there mm-hmm. is that sense of i need to look to someone or to something to make me feel important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's really good. I have felt like one of the greatest things I can do to help influence and pour into the millennial generation is to look at you, see the gift of God in you, and validate you. Yeah. Absolutely. So the truth. That I can look you in the eyes and say, I see this in you. You're not crazy. And it's amazing, and it's going to do powerful things. Mm -hmm. And I know that from the power of validation even in my own life. You know, it just makes you stand up and go, wait, I can. Mm -hmm. I really can do that. Mm -hmm. And I think as a generation, your generation is really crying out for that because a lot of them didn't have, unfortunately, a mother and a father or a mother or a father that may be new enough to give them that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You so know? Yeah. So that can be powerful. Well, we could kind of go on and on. I want to sort of point this maybe to a close. And I want to ask you all, because you guys are all already leading and influencing in your own rights in some phenomenal ways. You're not waiting to be told to go make a difference. You're doing it, and powerfully so. And so I want to ask you guys, when it comes to, let's just talk just a minute about the church or church, Mm -hmm. you know, the local church and as a whole, what church looks like. I want to ask you guys this question. If you could name one thing, maybe you have more, but (laughs) one thing that you say, if I could fast forward 10 years and look at the church 10 years from now, here's one thing that I hope I see change, or this is one thing I'd like to see it more this way, because I think it would be better if it was this way, if you could name one thing. Of course, we're working from where we are now, so we kind of have an overall sense of what church is like now, you know, but in 10 years, I'd really like to see it more of this. Give me one thing you would like to see. Kara, does anything come to mind off the top of your head? Yeah, I think... Growing up in church, and for a little context, I'm third generation in ministry. My grandparents, I was just with my papa in South Georgia last weekend, 53 years in ministry this year. Wow. Talking to him, appearances. 53? 53, yeah, That's I'm amazing. still pastoring. 53 years in ministry. My parents were pastors growing up, and now yeah. here I am finding myself in the same calling. It's just looking a little different for me. Yeah. And I think more than anything, what I would love to see, and I haven't necessarily seen this, I don't think, in the fullness, is all generations operating in the church at once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, I feel like our generation as a whole is at this crux, and definitely those who aren't church, but I think the church to millennials who have grown up in church, mm-hmm. and we actually are not against the church. We love the church. Right. Yet we're like church kids. Yeah. But we're at this critical point in our lives, and I know I feel like I'm here in one way, is that in one hand, we're called to steward something we didn't build. 
Mm. And that is really raw for us because we didn't build it. Yeah. We didn't watch it being built. We've just known it as it is. Yeah. And so with that comes a lot of questioning. But in the other hand, feeling like we're called to build again mm. and pioneer yes. something that's never been, but it looks really so different than what we've ever seen anyone do. And frankly, we haven't seen anyone do it. That's yes. so true. And yeah. so I think for me, with that in mind and looking at the church when we see the state of our pulpits, the state of churches across the United mm. States, I think we're at a place where we're like, do we have to wait our turn or can we do both? Is right. it well, either sure. we steward it's what good. you've done or we launch out and do our own thing and then look mm-hmm. down the road and see your church and our church down the road? Right. Or can we meet the two together and do it together? Yeah. And hearing that from our leaders and not hearing them echo the rhetoric of the world, I think is a big deal for us because we're willing to do it together. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That's a really good. So 10 years from now, you would like to see not so much like, well, that's a young church and that's an old yeah. church, but you would like to see young people leading older people still leading yeah. and finding a way to do it together yeah. more cohesion yeah. that's really that's really good and i'm glad to hear that so then in 10 years i still get to get up and say something so i appreciate that <laughs> shana what about you is there something that stands out that you're like you know in 10 years i like to see this yeah i'm definitely going to take what kara said and just launch it into the same direction i would love to see every church the hundreds of thousands of churches on every street corner Mm -hmm. in the U.S. filled wall to wall. I believe that there are the operation of the gifts of the Spirit are, I mean, not that they ever left, but they are going to be so very evident here coming quickly. Wow. And to take those giftings and everything and to see it represented in the older generation as well as all the way into the little ones that are walking through those awful halls of the school. Right. In the public school system in that dark world. Yeah. And pulling that gospel that they're learning every single Sunday at church faithfully that there is honor restored, that there's loyalty restored, yeah. and that we restore that patience to our generation because those three mm. things we are very much lacking. Yeah, that's really good point. That's good. Get them filled. It's yeah. crazy that we have churches and and they're half empty. Or yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. So get them filled up and get them what they need to go out yeah. and affect the world. That's good. Darwin, how about you? I'm a pastor's kid as well, so I, you know, I yeah. grew up in church, so I've seen different things and all that. But I think if I'm thinking about it, from 10 years from now, I would like to see different churches, all the churches, come as one. Yeah. I feel like there's different churches that speak to different generations. Yeah. Even, you mm-hmm. know, like, oh, you know, you go, okay, you, you go down the street or... right. Well, that, I don't really fit in there, you know, right. kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. It goes back to what Kara was saying, you know, being able to train up and inspire and actually push and mm. validate yeah. upcoming generations. Mm-hmm. Doing the ministry together. Yeah. Because the world is not one generation, it's multi. So I, I think that's the big thing that I, I want to see 10 years from now is the body of Christ actually coming as one together you know there's churches that are doing it that are Mm -hmm. you know there's movements and everything going on i just want to see more of it yeah more of it yeah oh you're different denominations no those are just titles for the building yeah you know that it doesn't really tell you yeah where you are in the body you're 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 in the body right you know A foot isn't a Methodist. It's no. It's Come a foot on. is part of the build of the body. That's right. So 
That's right. We're all going to wind up in the same place Absolutely. for eternity. Right. Yeah. It's true. So you think as a millennial, in, even in your generation, maybe speaking for your generation, that millennials are craving going, we, we actually want to reach outside yeah. of the yes. people we go to church with every Sunday and grab up arms and do some things together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's enticing to us. Yes. yes. Yeah, I think that's really good. This has been so rich. There's so much. I know we could even go, we might have to do this again, you guys. But I really appreciate it. You know, we hope that this has really spoken to a lot of you, whether you are a millennial, whatever generation that you might be, to maybe bring some perspective, to maybe also broaden what's being said about the millennial generation and help us do our part in reaching them helping them find their place, that place of identity, and validate them and see the body of Christ come together in the strength and vitality that God meant us to be. So we appreciate it. Thank you guys so much to each one of you. We're so glad you guys listened in today. We pray this has been a blessing to you. We pray that you are blessed in the path of your destiny and that you are moving forward in who God has called you to be. We love you. We'll see you next time.